0: Hey everyone, this is Sally. I'm on the Dukan show with Ot and Reem. You'll check it out. A new generation of young people today who belong nowhere.
1: But I prefer to be now cast third culture kids, where the concept of the Dukan is the the corner shop or the. Top oh, shop. We are live outside. Hey yo, what's up, people? What up, nation? It's a revolution of expression. You're tuned in with the Dukan show. Stay tuned in. The digital generation is shaping their identity, their creative expression, and their future So please give a very warm welcome to Not the camera.
0: Welcome to your tribe. I went to university. I got into my course and you know I started like you know interning with all all of these amazing designers, but like I was a big girl, right? So I never saw myself. Right. Like actually there. Like I wanted to be part of that world. So it was very weird, like disconnect, like I was a you know, this brilliant fashion illustrator and stuff and whatever. But it did, there was this massive disconnect. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I want to be this. And I was like, but I would can't see myself there.
2: When you don't so that's see why your I'm like likeness. Now, like yeah. at 43,
0: 42, whatever, exploring style.
2: I think that's, well, first of all, it's conquering that sense that you don't belong there because you right? told yourself you didn't belong there because they yeah. told you you didn't belong exactly. there because you couldn't see yourself exactly. there, you know? Exactly.
0: This was before, you know, the Ashley Grahams and yeah. the- Yeah,
1: and way before, you know, being, it's, you know,
0: I Body guess, positivity
1: and 100%. big girls in fashion that wasn't
0: happening in wasn't in, in you know the late 90s early 2000s so it was just like oh okay I'm so happy for where you know fashion is going now and you know where right. you know where I'm at now yeah. in my head as well going okay, let's explore this, this is cool, this is cool, suits, and this is new to me, this suit stuff, and I just bought suits, like, in the last couple of years, seriously. Can,
2: welcome to the wow. club, yes. it is the, my favorite thing in the world. Oh my God, I'm going to, like, wear suits and <laughs> yes. whatever and photograph myself and send it to you, like, Please, like, do. tag you somewhere. For me, I, it, it, okay, so it comes down to the definition of, like, what is rich and what is luxury, Because the UAE kind of warps your definition of it. Like chasing, you know, I don't know what we chase. When you first arrive here, you sometimes think, oh, I've got to make millions or I've got to, I don't know what that is. Luxury is when everything is tailored to fit your body. Whatever size you are, it's made to fit your body. No one can put it on. And it won't… You speak my language. You know, that's luxury. There is
0: infrastructure yes. going on Oof. in this, like, tailoring. Like, I understand. I've have, I have patent made and cut these things. There
2: is, like,
0: architecture.
2: Yes, there, there is. There is
0: architecture going on. Yeah. So that's why I love fashion so much, because it's like wearable art. It is, absolutely. Okay? You, when it's done well, when it's right. done beautifully… It looks so incredible.
1: And it's a statement. Like, that's who you are, right? And today, I think that's, yeah. It's who you are today.
2: Yay. In that moment, right yeah. now, <laughs>
1: you know. Yeah. In that moment, you're articulating who you are without talking to anybody yes. right yes. that's your brand that's what you represent and what you stand for but
0: also it just changes how you feel oh yeah. all the don't time don't you just feel completely different when you put on an incredible piece of clothing
1: all 100%. the time 100
0: you just go whoa yeah. like you just go I didn't know I could feel like this
1: You ha- yeah. then a soundtrack plays in the back of your head <laughs> yes. and that's your music for the rest of the day like, I totally get it
0: like like, like <laughs> you know Silk Sonic Skate or so- like, yes. Yes. You know, something yes 100
2: something this like vibe
0: happens exactly. and you just go, yes bring it yeah. on
2: so returning to styling is uh, is it styling or is it design? What's the difference? What's the difference between styling and design? I think some people will ask.
0: Oh, I mean, you know, design is like you you, you know, you design something, you right. create. Um, styling is like a, a different kind of creativity. Like for me, like this whole style thing happened like style is discovering who you are. Yes. Mm. Through clothing. Yes. There and then, go. you know, you could design something if you're a designer, whatever. But styling is a kind of design. But, you know, for me, I just was like, I've I've gone through this big stage um, in the last couple of years where, um, you know, I kind of got to know my body, really. Mm. Because, like, for the first 41 years of my life, I didn't want to know my body because I was always the big girl. I loved food. I ate because, you know, I I... Just wanted to hide pain. Mm. You know, that mm. was my truth. That was my, you know, um, poison of choice, if you like.
1: Are you comfortable going down that journey Let's and talking it. about it? Okay, Let's good. Do it. Let's do that. Let's do so it.
0: Yeah, if, I talked about it recently, actually, yeah. on, a, on a podcast about, you know, body and what that means. And, and so, yeah, I've just been like...
1: Great. So what kind you know, of pain were you dealing with that resulted in you going for oh, eating as a choice of poison?
0: Um, I think it was lots of different kinds of things. I think for me, I was just like, just bigger, just generally bigger. Always the tallest one in the class. Mm. Always just, you know, fuller and bigger and just didn't, you know, kids just will call you fat. Oh, yeah. They're just mean. They would just, just be mean. <laughs> the 90s was assholes. savage, bro. I don't know how we're here. Nineties, Girl, right. <laughs> the 90s Girl was late 80s, okay? We're talking late 80s here. Today, 90s, yeah.
2: Today,
1: yeah. kids are like, no, don't do that. That's impolite. And like… Kids have an understanding that bullying is wrong. Like right. you know, body my, positivity. Yeah. Like my younger brother, I remember when he was back in school, he'll get into fight with other kids because I'm like, why'd you fight with them? And he said, Oh, they were bullying that guy. He they understand that concept.
0: Right. For right. us,
1: that's just what made you tough. Right. Right. It, you
0: just, you just deal with it. You just roll with it. Yeah. You just are, ah, that's just, you know, what it is. Just, you know, suck it up and just, you know, move on. And so I was like a real loner and Because I loved school and I loved learning and I loved that. And, you know, obviously that made me even more of a target. Everything that was not cool in the 80s. Not at all, (laughs) you know. And then we moved to Australia um, when I was like eight. And that was interesting (laughs) because, you know, even stuck out even more so. So like literally, you know, this, this really tall, big girl. Black hair to here, like, in wow. the school photo. It was just kind of hilarious, you know, pick the Arab kid, right? Yeah. Kind of t- type of thing. Um, and I will never forget, like, uh, so, you know, in the Middle East, right, uh, what is the greatest thing that is brown and silky and comes in a jar? Honey. Brown. Think brown. Oh,
1: like dips?
0: Like like chocolate brown.
1: Lasses? Like, like oh. Nutella? Ugh. Oh. Nutella itself. Are you a Nutella fan? I am, but I've been a- avoiding Nutella for no, years. don't do that. <laughs>
0: don't do that. Don't abandon her. <laughs> don't do her. that.
1: But yes, I am a huge Are Nutella fan. Are you a Nutella
0: fan. fan? A huge fan. Okay. Yeah. So this is our thing in the Middle East, right? Nutella, okay, is right. the greatest thing that is brown, is brown that comes in a brown jar, right? And I can't
1: stop and if I go- started, Right? I
0: can't. Okay. So, okay, imagine this. Like this eight-year-old kid you know, gets put into an English as a second language class uh, with all of these, you know, other kids who are fresh in the country. And the teacher wants to introduce us to all these things that are, you know, Australian. And so she's got this jar that is oh. full of brown stuff. Okay. And I'm thinking, oh my God, Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> this must be the Australian Nutella. I'm so excited. Uh, and so she hands... Hands the jar around with a teaspoon, gives everybody a teaspoon. I take my teaspoon and I swear to God, I went to the bottom of the jar. (laughs) I heaped it up and shoved it straight into my mouth. Oh, no. And you know what it was? Please don't say Marmite. Please don't say Vegemite. It's called Vegemite in Australia. That's exactly what it was. And I got the shock of my life and I was just like, this is not…
2: You're like, this This country, I need to go back (laughs) home. I need need to go back home. (laughs) (laughs) We have made a grave mistake. I must return.
0: So, you know…
2: Stuff like that, you
0: just go, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not sure that I fit in here. <laughs> no, no, you that. don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ah, mm, uh, yeah, yeah, but, like, can never yeah. go back to that. Yeah, but you oh. know, like it's just, I think it was, um, it was just really interesting because we were just Arab and Muslim and yeah. growing up in Australia and literally in the Bible Belt of Sydney. Wow. Like, so that's where we grew. So literally, like when when I went to high school. My my brother and I were literally like the two Arab Muslims in a school of fourteen hundred kids. Wow. Okay, so you know, like we would like fast Ramadan, we would like you know try yeah. and do stuff.
2: Well, you were trying to keep ties to your home yeah. and your culture yeah. and and your religion,
0: but at the same time, you just kind of go. Hmm, hmm. I'm not really like, you know, you don't meet other people who are like you, yeah. and you don't really. We used to go to Saturday school and whatever, but it never was like you didn't feel like you belonged right. there either. Yeah. So
1: were more reasons to make you feel like an outcast.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of like growing up like that and, and just kind of like going, okay, well, who am I? You know, as you get older, you ask those questions, you go, well, who am I and where do I mm-hmm. really fit in? And particularly yes. as you finish high school and you go to uni, that's where it really kind of struck for me. And, and I was just like, you know, what is going on? And what, you know, like, where am I really going with this? And where do I fit in? And, you know, and so that's kind of what started that journey of self-discovery and trying to find you know other other people who are like me, who are Muslim, yeah. who are Arab, who are also Australian. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the thing. Like we grew up in Australia, so I consider myself Australian. Yeah. yeah right, but like you know, like like
2: you guys. Well, you know- I'm, I consider myself Canadian yeah. because I grew up in Canada, and you can't extricate. That from me exactly. It is a part it's of a my big part DNA. Of who you are now. Yeah, I'm. I'm proud of it. It's given me my voice. Like I'm sure us, Aust- but but the truth is, you still look for your likeness. You're still looking. Like yeah. So you're
1: looking for that. You know, you know Canadian but Iraqi Filipino, if they exist. Exactly. <laughs> you know. <I> mean, <laughs> that's what I was gonna like say. Like you are all of, of
0: those things. Yeah. yeah. That's what makes you ream. Yeah. That's what makes you incredible. Maybe. You know. And you you as well. Yeah. You know, that's that multifac… You know, at the, in the 90s… of the different
1: worlds, yeah, yeah. There
0: wasn't that… You know, apart from people like Amin Malouf, you know… Yeah. Like talking about <laughs> right. our identity, you know… Like and saying, you know, I can't, you know… Like distance myself from one part of my identity. I'm French. I'm Lebanese. Yes. I'm this and this. It would be like cutting off part of myself. Yes. Right. You know? And, you and there wasn't that understanding. And then 9-11
2: comes along.
0: Okay.
2: Mm-hmm changed my whole life. Did it? Tell me. So um, I want to hear in in a moment where you were, because everyone remembers, but I happened to be in school and it happened to be that day I went over to my friend Bianca's house for lunch. I was in Canada. We were in Toronto or in Mississauga, like a suburb of Toronto. And uh, regular day, went for lunch. We came back and everyone was like, something really bad's happened. And they rolled the TV into our um, lunchroom, into the cafeteria and everybody just watched the first plane hit and then a little while, and then the second plane hit. And our teachers were sort of in shock. And then the Arab guys began to get upset. Right. And this was a moment where I would, told Bianca, I'm like, can we go back to your house please? Because I didn't know where to be. I didn't know where, I, I'm very social and I had many friends from different, but I saw my, my friends, the Arab guys getting really upset and starting to fight. It became very challenging in that moment. So I went and retreated to Bianca's home and she made me a Nutella sandwich.
0: Right? Nutella
2: fixes st- everything. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, not really knowing, but kind of knowing like we all did, our lives will never be the same. Yeah. That was it. And then the years that followed taught me about race and critical race theory <laughs> very, very <laughs> intensely. I love, I love that you said
0: that yeah. because, you know, I was in Sydney at the time. Um, and so like a couple of years before, it was really interesting because I'd switched from fashion design to going. So, okay, I, I wore the hijab for like mm. 18 years. Wow. Mm. So since I was like about 21. Um, and so, and then, you know, like in that whole identity thing, I was trying to find, you know, the, the community. There was a Muslim community in Sydney right. and became part of that and, and was looking at it going, my God, there's so much Islamophobia. People don't get you know us Mm -hmm. who we are they call us terrorists you know we're misrepresented all the time um and so like that's where my work was already like i'd already moved into that that space because i wanted to break down the the misconceptions against muslims and particularly Mm -hmm. muslim women who wear the hijab yeah you know massive i mean oh my god i remember the first day that i walked in to work and um you know the woman who i worked with who i had a great relationship with and everything and Like I'd changed nothing in what I was wearing except now I had a beautiful red silk scarf on my head. And she just kind of like did a double take take and went, are you all right, love? Like like, she just like literally didn't know what to say, didn't know how to take it. And that was her being nice. You know, imagine the
2: people who were like, oh my God, I'm going to rip your scarf off and all of that stuff. That was happening. Unbelievable. I think it was much more difficult in in environments where there weren't large there's a huge amount yes. of Yeah, oh without in a doubt
1: because the thing is that even though as an Arab that grew up in Australia and you identify as Australian in a moment like that you're an easy target
0: that's it. You're I'm, done. I'm a
1: chameleon. I can yes. very easily
0: yeah. fit in and
1: assimilate. And nobody could tell who I am or what I am. Exactly. But with women, as soon as you put that on… If
0: you put a hijab on, you're done. That's, that's it, it. right?
1: And those who resist and choose to still wear it… I have so much respect oh. for them. Because you are such a fighter. That, I mean, you're a but much stronger human than I am than any other… Of course, it shouldn't. But unfortunately, that's the reality of it yeah. until today. Yeah. You know?
0: But exactly right, you know, But back to that morning, you know, for us it was, so it, it happened on, on a Tuesday morning for us in Australia that the time difference, you know, meant it was Wednesday morning. So oh, I was going yes. to class and I had exactly the same thought. Like our lives will never be mm-hmm. the same yeah. again, yeah. you know, after that and just going, oh my God, what has this unleashed right yeah. now? And so exactly, you know, and, and it's kind of like, you know, I, I people know me for being in radio, but that's how I went into radio. Like I was asked to people were like, "Oh, you're a really good public speaker. Do you want to come and do a radio program?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> like, you know, and this was literally like, you know, Sydney Community Radio, that there was very few few programs in English, and they were like, "Come and do something." And we were like, "Okay." Well, and so this was like our chance, you know, to actually tell our stories, talk about who we are. Yes what we do, what we believe in, you know, like, you know, our dreams, our hopes, our fears, you know, all of that stuff. Speak for yourself, for ourselves. Because yeah. we were nowhere to be found in
2: the media. You had to oh, own you your were, narrative
1: and you had to own your voice.
2: Oh, you were being spoken for. Oh my gosh. You were being <laughs> spoken are for. Yeah, like oh. CNN was doing all the talking oh, for yeah. you. Oh my God. You know? and yeah. I just, I just knew like, most of the women in my my father's side of the family, they're all the most of them wear hijab. They're they're practicing Muslims by their own choice. Yeah, and this idea that they are now targeted because of something completely out of yeah. our. I remember our... not
1: too long after that because we we would frequent Europe a lot in summers, and my mom not only is a was is a hijabi but she became an later. Mm-hmm. And her creative approach to it, she would get like color bias. Right? When we travel abroad. And this drunken white lady at 11 a.m. down the streets of London skips everybody and goes for my dad. And how dare you? You are putting them down. At yeah. da, 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 da. She's coming at him. And my dad is diplomatic approach. He's like, I told her to take it off. If you could convince her, please go right <laughs> that's, ahead.
2: That's not her. <laughs> right? like, that is
1: her problem. I told her not to and she insisted. Please talk to her. <laughs> I
0: love it. Oh <laughs> my gosh. But that's the thing. That's yeah. how you learn to adapt. And yeah. you yeah. just kind of have to like, unfortunately roll with the Islamophobia and the racism that happens you yep. know and I, I remember a friend of mine like um you know she, she met a woman and just passed by a woman in, in the grocery store and she smiled at her and the woman goes to her don't smile terrorists don't smile oh, and it's wow. like wow whoa okay you know and you know we you would get stuff like that yeah. you you would always get stuff like that you know this was, we're marking 20 years since September 11 this year. We are, we are. So, and we're still getting stuff like that. You know, until recently, you know, I, I didn't take the hijab off that long ago. But I would get the most horrendous, horrendous things being said. And you just go, I can't believe you just said that. Like, you kind of, you can't even react in the moment because you're
2: just... It's ludicrous. It's shocking. It's so, so ludicrous. It's so ridiculous. Really? And you're like, I can't believe, you know, you look in the year is, yeah, the year is 2021. 20, right, right. You know you what I mean? You have to look
0: it up, you go, what the hell is going on? Yeah. How are we still here? Yes. Yeah. How are we still going, oh no, Muslim women who wear the hijab cannot be employed, you know, in, in, in Europe or wherever? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, yeah. no. Like, what? How?
2: Yeah. How is that happening or in France or where In are, France but that should but not particularly yeah that should not Happening, so I find what's wonderful is many of the people who I love and adore somehow found their way into community radio, community centers, <laughs> the, the YMCA, um, right. because it was you—you you owned your narrative. Because, like I mentioned, we were our stories were being told for us, and nobody, you know, unless you were Fox News or CNN, you really you were had to. Yeah, you had to
0: say mm-hmm. something. This was the only place. I mean, this was as well before social media yes. now, yeah. which is super powerful and incredible. Yeah, um, you know, like I we we were like a, a bunch of young women young Muslim women we started a magazine we started radio shows and well done. You know, like so you know fast forward like you know 20 years it this was the only way because like it, th- we had to not only take back our narrative but we had to find ways of of showing how we were a central part of Australian society and we were building this society as well. Yes. And now, mm. now, thankfully we have, you know, um, Muslims who are at the top of media in Australia, yeah. which is pretty incredible. You know, they're, they're friends of mine and I, I love and adore them and they're doing un believable things but that's where it all started the cat you know the camps together the muslim youth camps and whatever yeah and and that's that's what we did because we had to hang on to every shred of who we are and who like what our identity is and and build on that build something beautiful because what we were being told is that we were nothing that we were terrorists that Mm -hmm. we were useless That like it was just incredibly destructive. And we had to build a new narrative against all of that. And that's just something that I've carried, you know, ever since that, that, you know, first whatever radio show that I just wanted to tell the stories of people who, whose stories weren't being told. Yeah. You know, and this is like the most important thing to me, you know, right. When, what, in what I do. Yeah.
1: Do you talk to your kids about that?
0: About September 11?
1: I mean, how to deal with Islamophobia or racism and… or the yeah. The world what about September? See, do we talk to September our kids? Or September 11? Like, yeah. Like,
2: do kids know about September 11?
0: See, that's a really interesting question. I don't think we've actually, you know, broached it yet. Um, I think we will coming yeah. up next month. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, you know, growing up in the UAE, in Dubai, they are just, you know, surrounded by so many cultures. And I think it's it's a different experience mm. particularly cuz they're they're in a middle eastern country yes yeah. right so growing up in a middle eastern uh, middle eastern country i was going to say muslim country but you know that that's a that's another weird misconception as well christianity originated in the middle east too it so did. people think christianity equals the west when yes. <laughs> it tag is like, right? yeah it does like like yes you know I'm so finally. my my kids are you know palestinian iraqi um you know They were born in Australia, but they never lived there. Right. Right? But, you know, they're around people from so many different cultures. So, they're much more aware now. They're much more aware of what goes on. And because of social media, they're just more aware. Right. They
2: see it. Yes. They get it. It's being covered in ways that it didn't get used to get… Oh COVID, yeah, right? Yeah. What we saw from the ground of anything in the nineties was really manicured yes. or curated. Yes. Whereas right. now, when you block Twitter, I know you've done something wrong. Like when a government shuts Twitter down, I'm like, I know you're doing exactly. something real bad right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's no reason for me yeah. not to see what's going on. Right. You know, so
1: when, like, we, we came from it like for us growing up here was a different experience as well when you see September eleven. I mean, I clearly remember it. Our old house in Sharjah, I think I was out playing soccer. For us it was the other way around. It was nighttime.
2: Right, when right, we right. saw it.
1: Come back home. Everybody at home was watching TV and we're seeing this go down. And every station you flipped through was showing the same thing. Right. 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 Whether it was the CNN, yep. the BBC, yep. Al Jazeera. We didn't have Fox News here. And, you know, or any of the local news stations. They all were showing it. All of it. And as it happens when… And this is the only bit that I remember was interesting. I don't know if that happened. Is that what you guys saw? But… I remember at the time, Al Jazeera would then show you like mini clips of who these people are.
2: No, we didn't get any on of that.
1: the side. So you know when you have um, picture on pictures, and they will show you, okay, these are the people, and there's some narrative about them. Oh, they grew up here, or this person. Oh, was from you mean there.
2: about the people who were in the tower? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yes, they were not the only
1: world. showing you the towers or the news talking. Somehow they managed to get this footage of them very quickly
2: because that's <laughs> nighttime, or like by by like the it was
1: live, but it was our nighttime because we're eight hours ahead of New York City, right? Right. Yeah. right. So that's when we were watching this, and then the weeks to follow. If it's not in the news, it's documentaries. And as Jazeera, I remember, was fast with it. They had this whole docu series on the upbringing and the stories of these people and that, uh, and trying to switch the narrative of this is not. Us, but this is what terrorism looked like and this is what's been happening. And obviously picking up on the history of issues happening in the region, but then you switch to American or Western stations, completely different storytelling, right? Where it's like, no, 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 the Arabs, the Islam. You can see the seeds being built. Well, it was you know,
0: it was very much, you know, when when Bush went up there and said, You're either with us or you're oh, yes. against yes. us. Yes. That, yeah. that was, was a decisive moment. Yeah. You know, what's the war on terror? Like, yeah. what is that? Like yeah. You know, God, look at the destruction that happened because of that. I cried the day that they went and did Shock and awe oh, on yeah. Iraq. Like yeah. I, I was driving to uni and I had to stop the car and understand. sob uncontrollably because
2: what the it, hell? What's happening to our home? But it was yeah. a home that we left. Like so Shock by the time Shock and awe happened, yeah. Yeah. my family had left Iraq by then. Um but the first Gulf War we, right after that, we were there. Like sanctions, we were there. And when you think of the destruction, you don't really understand mm-hmm. it, you know? You don't understand that, no, no, every minute there are people dying now. This is, this is war. And I feel like uh, your tears were the tears of, ev- of, of, every, all, yeah. of all women, you know, because how are we going to… The identity that you fought so hard to maintain, you, that your Iraqi-ness… Was a part of what made you special really? and different. And all they're gonna see when they switch on the TV is bombs and crying and women yeah. and children dying. And I just,
1: And am it was so scary frustrated. because then, even when, even in the later years when I went to study in the US, I remember before leaving, my dad was like, if you go to pray in the mosque, don't go to the same mosque yeah. twice.
0: Yeah. Like to that point where the warnings for yeah, sure, 100%. Don't go yeah. to the,
1: sa- find out where they are. If you'd just rather pray at home, you know, he's like, you know what, pray like, at home. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It, it was like that. Like, how, can,
2: how? what kind of a world did we right. create? You know yeah. what I mean? It's no, It I makes me that. sad to hear that. That, that that's the pinnacle yeah. of and where world. And the fact that, you know, too. every
0: time that they would have like news reports, they would just have like, you know, just random… You know, they'd be like, oh, and the terrorists did this. And then they <laughs> yeah. would just have like random pictures of women in hijab. Right. For absolutely that no reason. That stock footage?
1: Yes. Completely that, unnecessary. <laughs> no, no. But
0: that, you know, fueling yeah. that yeah. hideous, incredible narrative. So yeah. there was so much like…
1: And I think that's so why much. it's paramount and more important for people like you and Reem… To exist behind a mic and in front of a camera. Exactly. There's a lot to be said in these spaces.
2: Yeah. It's a, yeah. it, I feel and, I feel like I agree, but I also feel conflict when you say that because I'm not representative of the current Iraq. You know, I'm representative of a different Iraqi. Right. Uh, an Iraqi who is extremely privileged who left. Right. I give that voice but to I the think, table. But th-
1: but that's the tool, right? You're yeah. so using that privilege to be a voice and a beacon because media is soft policy. Yeah, it is. So use the power of media that you have and the opportunities Mm -hmm. and the privilege that you have, you know, to speak on it and to say and to share that. And that's what, you know, a lot of the stories we've covered on the show as well has been part of that of all of this deserves a voice. And that's why the show was always meant to be in English. Yeah. To address that. Because if it was in Arabic, nobody was ever going to listen to us. We're in an echo chamber.
0: Because no, because that's what you're doing. You're taking the voice of the Middle East to the world. You know, that's yep. what we do. That's, you know, that's the work that we do. We were taking the voice of, you know, Arab, you know, Muslims in Australia to wow. to hopefully, you know, the world at the time or whatever, you, wherever we were reaching. And then, you know, it grows. It just grows. It makes a difference. You know, when someone meets you, Reem, and they, they're, they're like, oh, my God, you know, she's an Arab woman. She's Iraqi. And, you know, like you change, you instantly change what they may have thought previously if they had negative views about, you know, Muslim or Arab women or, you know, Asian women. Yeah, or, absolutely. You know,
2: because and that's But, we but are. you do that too, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why I, I'm so... Whenever I see, like, Sally in the landscape of media, I'm so happy because yeah. I see my likeness. I see... I'm like, there she is. She's And if you wouldn't be there, I think it would be a loss. I think we would have lost something if, if, we, if your light wasn't there. Because... You know, mm-hmm. how, you know how it is. You're behind the mic. We're sometimes in our laptops. I'm like the laptop emoji girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes you just want to look up and see like, okay, in the distance, there's a marker and it's not that far away from me. I think we all need that. So yes, you're right. Yeah. Our voice is absolutely necessary. But how do we get it? How do we take that stone and throw it into ponds that are still right now? Farther away than we could have thrown than before, mm. that's the new challenge of, right. of you know, of media. Um, I hope we figure it out fast because <laughs> we've got to figure it out fast, right? Yeah. But, okay, so here's a question. What is Iraq to you now? Because I'm so conflicted about my Iraqi identity. I have no problem, like, saying how conflicted I am <laughs> because it's… Why are you conflicted? Um, okay, so at the heart of it, I have a guilt because my family managed to leave at a time when a lot of people couldn't, and there was a lot of shock and all, like we mentioned, yeah. happened after I left, um, And I feel a sense of guilt and disconnection, which when I speak to my friends who are still activists in Toronto, who are organizing and still a part of a really, you know, a strong voice for the Arab, like, you know, world, they say, that's what they want you to be. They being the, the, they being the, the system against us. They want you to feel disconnected. They want you. But it's them, like it's in your blood. You can never take out what is Iraqi about you. Mm. But when my my brother's 13 years younger than I am, he's never lived in Iraq, and he's half Iraqi, half Filipino too. When he Googles Baghdad, what comes up is massacre. <laughs> like the yeah. word that I have is, like it looks like a massacre. The Iraq that I remember was beautiful. It was artists and poets. How old and were you when you left? I was… Uh, I was just… I was 15 when I left. Wow. Yeah. That's
0: amazing because I've never lived there. Yeah. I was born in Basra.
2: Oh, I'm Basrawi
0: too. Okay. High, yeah, five. That's right. High five. High um, five. But I've never lived there. Like, I've visited a couple of times. So I'm even more disconnected than you. And, like, I don't even know my grandparents. Like, I've never Mm. spent enough time with them to actually know them. Yeah. Which, like, I reflect on a lot. And it makes me so sad. Yeah. You know, because they've passed on. And, like, I don't… Like, you know, and and even, you know, because I grew up in Australia. So, like, you know, my my Arabic wasn't even that strong. Like, even with my dad, you know, he was so… Like you know my parents tried to give us as much as possible from what they could um having you know left but you know it's mostly the food it's, it's the, the food, food. And the music. And the music. Yes. No. Yes.
2: It's novel al Ghazali. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you with me, babe? Yes. 100%. <laughs> but as soon as you said that, I had. Yeah. So we had right. cassettes. We didn't yes. have. We just had cassettes. On cassettes, on cassettes. And they would play.
1: For Janlil that don't know what it is, Google it.
2: A, what a cassette they know what a cassette I is They do. they <laughs> they sell them they, sell they them a, still have them Urban they still sell out- them in good. no you can find them at Urban Outfitters oh, it's, 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 cool now. it's cool again yeah, yeah. it's cool again, okay. again. but yeah. so when, when 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 I when you say like it's funny the food is our inherent connection you're absolutely mm. right that's it that's that's because that's the
0: only thing you can take with you yes you can only take the food you can take the music yeah that's all you can take and and everything lucky, else has to VHS stay back tapes. And you go lucky
2: but you know Dorma Dolma is the… Quintess- yep. So for, for our listeners who may not know, dolma is the… You know how every, every country has a roll. Like a right. stuffed cabbage. Or ours is this beautiful like uh, onions or or, or uh, zucchini or, or vine leaves. It's all of it. It's, all in- of it's it. actually all of it. It's a representation of Iraq. You put it all yeah. in one pot… And then the bottom where it's burnt is the best part.
1: Yep. And, <laughs> <laughs> and oh for God. the non-Iraqis, um, let me let me walk you through it this way. Um, if you have insomnia, have Doma.
2: Yeah, it'll just you'll pass You're, right
1: you'll out. Knock out right after. Yeah, it's just press. the
0: greatest food karma on earth. <laughs> yeah, and like, it's ceremonial
2: instantly. too, the way we do yeah. it because the the pot has to be turned over onto a large tray yeah. that everybody mm-hmm. eats from. So for me, whenever I see this practice of the so like good. to turn it's it delicious. over. I feel a deep sense of connection to that practice because after we tip everything over, we eat together. And there it's been the way we've done it. You eat from the same tray. It's just one
0: tray. People don't have plates. You just pick up from Mm -hmm. there and you eat together. And yes, the onions, the onions always go on the bottom. They do. And they caramelize. Oh, so yeah. Good. And they stick to the bottom of the pot. I'm just yeah. going to cry as I'm speaking. Yeah, exactly. I'm the drool emoji right <laughs> exactly. now. But it's just like literally the yeah. greatest thing. So
2: I guess if you look at Iraq metaphorically, the burnt bits are the best part. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: <Yes. laughs> But you know, but that's the thing, you know, and and like stuff like you know, kahi, for example, yeah, kahi gamer, you know, oh my god, Reem
1: has taken me on like an Iraqi food tour. Wait a minute,
2: is is there kahi? There is
1: kahi. We're gonna
0: talk after.
2: We'll talk after. There's kahi gamer here, and I had to, I I didn't explain it very well, so I had to like bring OT. But it's essentially your cream and pastry of Iraq like oh. it is a heavy cream and a pastry and you with eat it with coffee in the morning with, with syrup yeah and that's and set. a wonderful like syrup on top it's a deconstructed pie <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well played. and yeah. I it's love like it. heaven
0: you know and so yeah. that that's that's the only stuff really that we had a connection to so it makes me sad. I feel so sad that I don't yeah. like you said, I don't have I have even less of a connection to my homeland than you do. Yeah. I'm amazed that you left at fifteen. Like that's
2: amazing. You would have absorbed quite a bit. I did. Yeah. I did. I had the privilege of I had the privilege of that. But yeah, like I think the food is where we connect. Yeah. And what was, what
1: was all the little ones with the with the tea, the cinnamon baked goods? Kleche. That's the yo.
2: Kleche is our how do I Kleche is our mini empanada. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I like it's, how you just like internationalized yeah, yeah. it I'm yeah. just trying to you know it's no, it's like, it's, not a, the
2: it's like the whole cookie, a cookie right, right? Yeah, that goes a,
1: with your coffee or tea it's the,
2: yeah it's a date filled cookie yes. Yes. and the ritual of women cooking and passing on the, the 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 recipe you'll find most Iraqi women who grew up near their like the other women in their family will have a recipe. If not, you'll, right. you'll have a brand that you're like super loyal to.
1: Right. I jump roped so I can have that.
2: And yeah, you've been good. <laughs> I will train
1: so I can have those. And oh my I have God. No, it is good. It's, Like it's Nutella. Exactly. Yeah. I, have, I, I have zero discipline. I will not stop So <laughs> it's finished.
0: I'm yeah. with you on that. Seriously. But no, like, so like I didn't make dolma until like last year. Really? Yeah, because I was just like, this is sacred. It like, is sacred. Like I just wanted to eat it only from my mother's hands. I get that. Mm. But then like you know she she started getting like a bit older and just didn't want to make it so much anymore and I was like well I guess I'm going to have to learn. <laughs> Here yep. we go. I
2: have to look because you have to keep the line going, right? This is our on. this is our heritage. This exactly. is our you know. And, exactly. And like yeah I can make a mean dolma. I can do that. Um, but I do feel oh, like man. when I do it I feel uh, homesickness. Yes. Which I don't understand. Because mm-hmm. my home, as a, I traveled a lot as a child. So I don't have a home that I'm pinning it to. It's mm-hmm. not like I had a childhood home that I missed. But I think what I miss is… And this is something that I should take on board. Um, we cannot let the memories of Iraq be 9-11. Exactly. Saddam. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Bush. They cannot yeah. define that there's so much more to us. And yeah.
0: I think
1: it's maybe your that's your artists, the, it's your writers, it's yeah. the food. But you're
0: just… You're mm-hmm. homesick for belonging.
2: Yes, I am.
0: Mm-hmm. It's yes. Not, there's
2: no place… No, no. It's just that feeling of I'm oh. here, I'm home. Yeah, I mean, I'm I belong. Yes, and to look around and to see people who um, are your kin. Yeah, that's uh, it's a strange that's so big. Yeah, mm. it's a strange longing, you know, that I get. I get that, and I um, food. Yeah, okay, I'll I'll eat doma till I drown, and then we're good, <laughs> right? It fixes the problem. No problem. <laughs>
0: oh my god, I'm with you
1: on that. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. The more you talk about it, the more people get to understand that this is what it is. Mm, this yeah. is your Iraq or this is the Iraq that should be known, right? Rather than when Adam, your brother, goes and Googles it. Oh, he won't you know? anymore.
2: He won't do it. It hurts. He doesn't understand it. it. Exactly. He, he won't Google it. Right. You know.
1: That's what he should experience. He should know what a dolma tastes like. Oh, he does. You know, he should know <laughs> yeah. what these things, these experiences are like. And, you know, when if he can find an Iraqi restaurant in Berlin to take his people and kind of pass that on and show them this is who we are.
2: Oh, yeah. Right? Speaking of Iraqis, my brother's a drag queen in Berlin. (laughs) 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 Nice. So. Oh, my gosh. um, Yeah, so connecting him, when I think of the next generation, I think of him and the world he is navigating. And I just think about like, you know, at the end of it, what I had hoped for, you know, when he was younger and we were kind of trying to teach him how to be. Right. My hope was that he would seek the goodness in Arabs because he was constantly told the same thing that you were told. Yeah. Which is that, you know, how can you be so oppressed? How Mm. can... Like, it's... And it was a question posed to you as though you had control of your narrative it was right. it's very confusing for young people I, I you know?
0: remember doing an interview one time like you know I, I, I was being interviewed for for you know being a radio host and wearing the hijab and and you know but trying to be you know some kind of a, a community not really it's like I don't want to say the the word activist but just trying to do my bit you know in the community right and I will never forget she said to me do you think you're political mm-hmm. you will always get that question I'm like being like you know think about what being political means being political means you stand for something yeah because like you know you if if you're if you don't stand for anything then you won't be political
1: to right. anyone yeah.
0: right you know but if you stand for something you're going to be political to someone you're yeah. immediately politicized yeah. you're always yeah. politicized always but like it's it's like i don't you know i don't belong to any political party or anything but if i'm standing up for humanity instead standing up against you know, Islamophobia and standing up for Muslims and standing up for fairness. Mm-hmm. If you want to call that political, then I'm political. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. So, they, you know, mm-hmm. they, they will try to find ways to just, doesn't matter what you're doing, Right. to
2: minimize oh, yeah. it. Yeah. So you, you, there's all kinds of things that you're fighting up against. So, mm-hmm. may I ask, why did you choose to remove, to not wear the hijab anymore? Was that like a very personal. Yeah. I would say that that is
0: just. Yeah. Me on my personal journey. Yeah. And um, that's all I'm going to say about it. Mm -hmm. Simply because, you know, I still very, very, very much support every Muslim woman who wears a hijab. Yeah. And I will always speak up for them as well. So I will always, you know, say, you know, that they have to be included everywhere. And, you know, I would make sure on my shows... I was featuring Muslim yeah. women who wear the hijab. And I don't, and, and that is, here's, here's the thing about hijab as well, that we talk so much about what women wear and what they have on their heads. We completely minimize everything else that they are. Thank you for saying and that. Do. Thank mm-hmm. you for saying that. And this is, this is my thing. Yeah. You know, I don't have a thing. For hijab or against hijab, but I just, I, you know, we have to stop doing that. Yeah, we have to stop talking about what women are wearing or not wearing. Yeah, really, really, because it minimizes their spirituality,
2: mm-hmm. their
0: intellect, their intellect, their experience, their experience, just simply who they are. Agreed. Okay. They are not, you know, what you know. Women suffer with this, uh, uh, you know, no matter what, whether you're a Muslim or non-Muslim, you know, women are very much defined by their relationship to other people yep. and whether they're pleasing other people, whether it is their parents. Are you the obedient daughter? Yeah. You know,
2: are you the, you know, the, the good wife, <laughs> the good wife, capital G, capital After W, that, you know, you know,
0: are, are you doing well at school? Yeah. You know, the, the, are you the good mom? Yeah. Are you keeping your kids happy? Yeah. Are you making sure you have enough children? Yeah. Like there are all of these kinds of expectations. Oh, are, are you wearing the hijab? Are you wearing the hijab properly? Why are you not wearing the hijab? Like, stop it.
2: Yeah. like It has just, no bearing. It should have no bearing. Because it is, and this is something that we do talk about. It is such a personal, it, you know, um, it is such choice. a personal choice. But also, it should have no bearing. Mm-hmm. It should have no bearing on the person that is in front of you.
0: No, exactly. You know? It is not our job to judge anybody based on how they look. Yeah. That is yeah. none of our business. Yeah. Completely none of our business. Because right. there are, you know, people who don't dress the way that you think a good Muslim dresses, and yet they are incredibly close to God. Yes. And And then there are people who are completely covered up that mm -hmm. are so far far away. None of our business. Nor do
1: you owe anybody an explanation either.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's nobody's business, whether you wear it, whether you don't wear it. But this choice should be there. Mm -hmm. The choice must be there for women to be able to say this is part of my spiritual identity. I'm going to wear it. It doesn't hurt anybody else. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. It, there are all kinds of ways to wear a hijab so that you can do surgery, so that you can race cars, so you can play football. There is nothing that you can Nothing. Yeah. Anybody who says that wearing a hijab stops women from doing X, Y, Z, that is bull. Yeah. Oh, you know? Yeah. Like, just stop with that. You know, do, like you're, you're, you are oppressing women by saying that. Yeah. They have shown you that they can be gymnasts, that they can be, you know, football players, that they can be mountaineers, everything, everything. They can do that. So let them be. Because the worst thing is, you know, f- forcing someone to uncover is just as bad as forcing them to, to, cover. to, yes. to cover. So just Agreed. don't put them as, yeah. you know, oh, you know, they need to be liberated. That is bull.
2: From what? For, exactly. From what? <laughs> From what? Yeah. We're, listen, we're all already in chains. <laughs> like if you're going like, to like… She's liberating herself. We've, right? all, we've all got something to work on, you know? No, but I appreciate you. so much what you've said because I think that so many of our listeners need to hear that. And I think it's important that we have the conversation but also to make a point that it is about… The choice, the freedom to have the choice without judgment, without any bearing and the in, the um, discipline to look at someone and choose their intellect first. Exactly. And choose their experience Who first. they are. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Who they are. See them for who they are. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say so many times I was not seen, you know, people see a hijab first. Yeah. Unfortunately. And we have to like stop doing that. Like yeah. just, you know, you've got a human being in front of you. Treat her like anybody else. Yeah approach her you know the way that you would anybody else so yeah it's there we go yeah
1: i think that's a great note to wrap this one on thank you for kicking it with us today i hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode as much as we enjoyed creating it for you please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast at to stay up to date with all our conversations also if you don't mind Hit us with the five-star rating. Leave a comment. Let us know how you feel about the show. That way, it could also help others find the show. And be sure to share it with your friends and family, whoever you think can benefit from it. You can holla at us on all social media platforms at The Can Show. We'd love to hear from you. Or you could drop us an email to hello at thecanmedia.com. Salaam.